Did you know that the section of Young between Queen and College Street currently has the highest pedestrian volumes in the entire country with numbers over 100,000 a day? I'm shocked by that. And I mean, I we used to work. Uh, I used to work at the Edge and, and Course used to be located at uh, 1 Dundas Street. So we were smack dab in the middle of that. We were at the street level studio when I worked at the Edge years and years ago. And I don't recall that many people being on Young Street. But Chris, you say, yeah, it's a normal occurrence. Very busy. Very, very busy. So now the question is, what do we do with Young Street? The City of Toronto is holding a series of public consultations on redesigning Young Street between Queen and College. And some of them could be quite controversial. One of the plans, car free. The other, one driving lane. Any way you slice it, looks like we're going to lose some um, ability, some some lanes for cars driving down Young Street. Mark Garner, you've heard him before in the Oakley Show. He's Chief Operating Officer for the Young Street BIA. Welcome to the show. Hey, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for being here. So back in 2015, you uh, and the BIA... You consulted a, a company, you brought them in, the, and, and you did the Young Love consultation, and you asked a bunch of people what they would like to see Young Street turn into, and what was the response like? Well, it was fairly extensive, and a, a, obviously a great opportunity, Kelly, because we learned very early that the water pipe on Young Street, all the way from the waterfront to Davenport, needs to be replaced since it's 1878 circa. Wow. So if you're going to dig up Young Street, and the last time Young Street was, uh, you know, really opened was 1948 to 52 when the subway system went back, was going in or installed. So we wanted to get ahead of the curve, talk about the Young Love. Uh, what do you love about Young Street? What do you want to see changed? And in that 2015 consultation, it was very clear that people wanted to see wider sidewalks, more greeting, more pedestrian friendly, uh, as the neighborhood is changing very quickly. It is, because there's a lot of condo buildings going up, and the ambition for a lot of people is to be able to actually linger around Yonge Street, right? Yeah, it's, it was very clear through that consultation that people love the hustle and bustle of Young Street. And our peak day, as you mentioned, it was uh, over 100,000 a day, but in August, we hit 238,000 across the intersection of Young and Dundas. Wow, 42 you- million people walk up Young Street on an annual basis. So it needs to change for sure. How many people are tourists, do you think? Because I know that we're always on the top 10 list. And Young Street, you're right at the Eaton Center around there. So what are we thinking as far as people that are in from out of town? It's fairly significant number. That tourism, uh, you know, you start to see those on-off buses, double-decker buses. Um, it's hitting us earlier and earlier. So it, it, about mid-April now, the tourism, uh, you know, uh, walking traffic has increased in our area. Um, but, yeah, it's a significant number. Everybody comes to Young Street because it is our, you know, our uh, main street. It's Canada's main street, and everybody's had sort of a rite of passage, and it's number one tourist destination, whether it's Dundas Square, Young Street itself, or the Cadillac Fairview Toronto Eaton Centre. Now, the city has been carrying out uh, their own study. It's called Young T.O. Morrow, so Young Tomorrow, focusing on a pedestrian-heavy section since uh, late in, in 2018, and they've come up with a couple of plans. How extensively do you know those plans, and do you feel confident you could describe them? Well, again, I think you mentioned briefly that uh, they've launched this program. There was the first public consultation yesterday on May 9th, and there'll be other public consultations. There's various different scenarios that are playing out. As you said, it would, you know, one of the options is pedestrian only or a flexible street or its reduction of car lanes from four down to two. 
uh, with dedicated bike lanes or really just a pedestrian street. So there's various options that are put out towards the community right now. Mark, how does the BIA feel? Because, you know, I'm immediately when you said pedestrian friendly, I started to think about that King Street project, which was a pilot project, is now going to be permanent. And those businesses along King Street that say, you know what, we just because you've stopped allowing cars to go more than a block, we've lost a lot of business. Yeah, I think we're going to go through our own consultation with our membership. But again, we did something earlier in this process as well called Celebrate Young, where we narrowed Young Street down to two lanes. And it was, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. Carl's cars still got to, you know, to and fro down Young Street, but it was a great pedestrian experience. Is that, now I think I remember this, is that when there were all, there was seating and things like that all around Young Street? Exactly. All the patios that came out, whether it was Pickle Barrel or Three Brewers, all the, you know, the restaurants locations, there is no patios on Young Street unless they're rooftop. But when you go to the side streets, whether you're on Elm or Edward, there's patios there, but there's nothing on Young Street and that's what the community wants to see. And so what are these plans, which one of these plans do you favor? Um, I don't know if I favor one specific. Uh, I, I think that's part of the due diligence that we'll do is go through all the scenarios, uh, talk to our members, go back to our Young Love campaign and all the data that we've gathered to see what's the best solution. I think a flexible street. London, Ontario right now has done a great job on their Dundas Place, which is a flexible street. So when they recruit and brought in an event such as Juno's that they hosted, then they program the heck out of that street, and then it goes back to regular traffic after the event's gone off street. But that's not really going to help out with the amount of, of uh, congestion in that area. And people that were asked uh, at a recent meeting f- for the city said that, you know, if they live in that area, it's crowded. It's crowded even in the dead of winter. They want to see it completely pedestrianized. Yeah, and that's the density that is in the neighborhood. You know, the Aura Tower that's at Young and Girard right now, which is the tallest active condominium in Canada right now at 79 stories, it will be the third tallest tower at that corner in the next three to five years. So we're getting more and more people. Our you know, lived experience, the number of people that live in our neighborhood, is to grow between fifty and 75,000 in that neighborhood over the next you know, five to ten years. Mark, you spoke about that water pipe, and we've got to make sure we upgrade our, our infrastructure on along Young Street. Do you know when we start ripping up Young Street and when we're expecting to redesign and this, this uh, construction to be completed? Well, the phase of this EA consultation that the city has uh, initiated, uh, we're going through various different phases right now with the public consultation, but final report will get to City Council probably summer of 2020. And then that would lead to, you know, the appropriate funding requirements, the capital expense that needs to be incurred, and then planning the, you know, the construction project itself. This must sound, this is probably is going to sound a little bit odd of me to say, but I sometimes feel sorry for businesses along Young Street because it, it, they don't really inspire one to stop and stay a while on Young Street because of the nature of how busy that street is. And somehow this street... That, um, you know, at one point in time, people used to walk up and down. I remember when we were in high school, we would just drive to the city and walk up and down Young Street. It seemed ridiculous. At the, now, now it seems ridiculous, but you just that would be the destination that you'd start in in the city. But the problem is you're coming from out of the city. But really, Young Street doesn't inspire a lot of people that live in the city to go there as a destination unless you're going to the Eaton Center. Uh, you know, where other areas like Ossington, 
it's really a destination now. So is it how important is it that Yonge Street establishes itself again as a destination? No, it's a very valid point, Kelly. I mean, it, Young Street, as you just mentioned, has been a rite of passage for everybody. If we just look at the change on Young Street in the last 12 to 18 months, there's 40 international brands that are on Young Street now that never were there. We've got the Michael Jordan store on Young Street. You know, we didn't have Saks and Nordstrom's. We've got the largest H&M. We've got Uniglow, Muji, all these stores that are now on Young Street. It is returning to that that legacy street where people will come down and convene. If you go back to the when the Blue Jays won the World Series, where did everybody come? They came to Young Street. This is the place for you know all Torontonians. And yes, Young Street is evolving, but get ready. Once the development is done on Young Street, it, it doesn't mean that Toronto is done. Ossington's next. The opportunities and and the Real estate REITs that are acquiring property and redeveloping, it's coming to those neighborhoods the same as it is on Young Street. So we've got to preserve our heritage. We still have all those legacy venues. When you think of, you know, Massey Hall, Elgin, uh, those places, we still have a lot of TIF components that are on our street. So it is a place for specific things and uh, specific events to come to, for sure. Well, Mark, I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for joining us. Kelly, great. I appreciate the opportunity. Cheers. Mark Garner is heard on the Oakley Show, part of the panel, and he's also Chief Operating Officer of the Downtown Young BIA.